turn our Bibles tonight to the book of 2 Chronicles, Second uh, Chronicles chapter number 12, and uh, certainly it's always a joy uh, to be a part of the services and the music and, uh, and, and reminding of what or uh, who we can depend on for all things. Uh, tonight, I, I'm on purpose not going to preach very long. Uh, we have a busy week ahead of us and then a busy week following, but there is a truth I want to get across, and uh, I'm just so thankful and excited about what God is doing, and uh, we, need, we, we, we get used to it. We take it for granted. Uh, we've seen, to his, his, his glory, we've seen as many people saved in the last couple of weeks as some churches ever seen in a year. Uh, and uh, I don't want us to ever get, take that for granted, and I appreciate all the work that has gone into that, all the labor. It doesn't just happen, uh, but amazingly, when we put forth the effort, uh, God is always faithful uh, to show up and for souls to be saved, and so I'm thankful for that, and uh, let's be mindful. We do pray for all the ministries, uh, pray for what all, not just the opportunities we have, and we have great opportunities, and God is already uh, over the past couple of years, just worked some miracles in providing for us, and I believe there's more to come. Uh, but as as you see this morning, and as the last few weeks especially, we've seen the Lord work and souls be saved, and and, and God begin to just really bless on top of blessing. Uh, it, it, it gets the adversary's attention as well. And so I would just caution you to stay vigilant, stay in the Bible, pray for one another, pray for the ministry here, because this is a spiritual warfare. And uh, souls do hang in the balance. And as we pursue souls, uh, Satan will certainly work against his people. So I just want to uh, caution you to be praying and uh, stay close to the Lord. Second uh, Chronicles chapter number 12. I'm going to read two verses for our text tonight, verse 13 and 14. Second Chronicles chapter number 12. So King Rehoboam strengthened himself in Jerusalem and reigned. For Rehoboam was one and forty years old when he began to reign. And he reigned 17 years in Jerusalem, the city which the Lord had chosen out of all the tribes of Israel to put his name there. His mother's name was Nama and Ammonitus. Verse 14, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. We find a summation of Rehoboam's life in verse 13 and verse 14. Rehoboam, the son of King Solomon, the grandson of the mighty King David. We find a summation, and it consists of how old he was when he became the king, where he reigned, and how long he reigned as king. And then a simple summation of his life. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Tonight, I want to use these two verses and the example that Rehoboam has left for us. While not a good one, it's still an example. And I want to just preach for a few moments on this subject, Rehoboam's legacy. Rehoboam's legacy. I want to think about that tonight. And tonight, when, after I pray, I'm, I'm going to make a few comments. And then, as a way of introduction, I'll make a few statements. And then I just have one point tonight. One point that I want to drive home. Now, I can preach it for 35 minutes, but I've got one point that I want to make, and I trust that we'll listen. Father, my heart is full tonight by what you have already done today. My heart is full at just the opportunity to sing 
songs unto you. My heart is full as we're reminded uh, in a song of your greatness, uh, your love for us. My heart is full as I've watched your people be helped by you today. Uh, what a sight that we've already seen to see the event that took place this morning with those that had a before now have a new after. And Father, I pray once again tonight that you'll allow me and not my own strength, but in your strength and your power to deliver the message that I believe that you won't deliver. May your people grasp it. May we take the truth, tuck it in our heart so that it's never far from us. And Father, may if there's some who are already heading down a path that they shouldn't be, may they realize uh, their mistake, retrace their steps before uh, they end up with a legacy that they do not want. Father, we ask your hand of blessing for us in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. Rehoboam, the king, Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, the grandson of the legendary King David. There are a lot of great characters in Scripture. There's a lot of well-known. David certainly fits in the category of one of the most well-known characters in Scripture. How does one go from having a grandfather who was a man after God's own heart to having a father who was the wisest man to live to when it's all said and done, when his life is over, the summary is a very simple statement. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. He was 140 years old when he began to reign. No doubt in the 140 years up to that point, he had seen a lot. He had witnessed the kingdom of David now become the kingdom of Solomon the building of the temple and all that took place with the wealth and the accomplishment of his own father. Certainly he had seen the good and the bad. He had had a testimony of each to him. Certainly he was aware of what God had done through his own family. He was aware of what God had done for his own people. But yet, at the end of his life, his legacy is not even one of was a mighty king, was a good king, was just simply, and he did evil. How does one, the grandson of the man after God's own heart, who grows up in a palace, who sits at the king's table, who watches the magnificence of the hand of God, how does he get to the place where God puts a legacy next to his name and says he did evil? I don't think Rehoboam planned for that to be his legacy. I don't think Rehoboam had a desire for that to be his legacy. And if at 140 years of age when he took the throne of his father, if you had told him this would be your legacy, I don't think he would have believed you. But yet when he comes to the end of his life, God puts that legacy to his name. I believe there's a quick analogy you and I can make that if we're not careful, we'll end up with a legacy of our life that we never intended for it to be. 
I mean, how can someone grow up in a Christian home and their legacy be one of an heated evil? How can somebody grow up in the home of a, a pastor, a staff member, a Sunday school teacher, a godly mom, a godly dad, or under the influence of somebody who would be that spiritual care for them, how could their legacy be? Oh, you can't convince them while they sit in a teen group that their legacy one day is going to be, and they did evil. You can't convince them while they sit on church pews and they give to missions, or perhaps they're one passing the offering plate, or they, they sing in the choir, or they serve in some capacity. If you went to them, if you could see the future, and you come back to them and say, when it's all said and done and your life is over, the legacy that God is going to put next to your name is, and he did evil, you'd have a hard time convincing anyone who grew up in those circumstances that that would be true. The same certainly can be said of the grandson, of the man after God's own heart. It certainly could be said of the son of King Solomon, whose wisdom was unsurpassed because of his own decision to seek the Lord. But yet, he comes to the end of his life, and God says, and he did evil. What evil did Rehoboam do? Very quickly, I'll walk you through some observations that I see from his life. At the end of chapter number 10, in verse 14, the Bible says, And answered them after the advice of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, but I will add thereto. My father chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. An observation I make that I believe would be considered evil in the sight of God as he mistreated God's people. He made the mistake of thinking because he's now taking his father's throne, that they were his father's people, and now they have become his people. But the truth be told, those people belong to God. And the king was to be a steward with God's people and to seek the will of God for his people, but yet we find he mistreated God's people. Let me just give a word of caution to all of us. If you mistreat the people of God, God will hold you accountable. The, day, the clock is ticking before he holds you accountable. You better be very careful, and this might sound self-serving for me to say it, but you better be very careful speaking against the man of God. You better be very careful speaking against the pastor of a local church. Because the clock is ticking, God will not honor the mistreatment of God's people. And likewise, every man who calls himself a pastor and stands behind a pulpit needs to understand that the people uh, who, who he preaches to, the people who he shepherds, do not belong to him, and he better not mistreat God's people. And you, better not, you better be careful not to mistreat one another. Well, I just think, oh, no, no, be careful. Because what you think in reality are probably two different things. We're all too casual and how we treat the household of faith. 
We find that he mistreated the people of God. I, I believe in the sight of God uh, that, that God looked at that as evil. When he had the power to do good, he did them evil. But I also notice in this story, the same chapter, that he dishonored his upbringing. He left who he, who, who he, who he was reared to be. This is the grandson of King David who fought battle after battle after battle after battle for the people of God. Truth be told, Solomon, God, we know that God used Solomon to build that temple because David had been a man of war. But there never would have been a temple to build if it had not been for the battles of David. What an opportunity Rehoboam had. I'm certain that in his 140 years before he took the throne, it got him some privilege to say, do you know who my granddad is? You may have heard of him. His name is David. King David. I don't think Rehoboam had, a, had any, 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 any wants material-wise. Have you read of the wealth of Solomon? Rehoboam had no needs. Rehoboam had a heritage that he did not earn. He had a heritage that he did not appreciate that was handed to him, and he dishonored it. How much truth can that convey to you and I? What a heritage we have in the Lord. Let me just give a few Words of warning before I move to the next observation. On many, on many accounts, considering dishonoring the heritage, if you grow up in a Christian home, you have a mom and dad that teaches you the word of God, and if you leave the things of God, you are dishonoring your own name. You're dishonoring your heritage. As a preacher of the gospel, blood has been shed and sacrificed so that I can have this book to preach from. It is a dishonor for someone to, to have the word of God handed to them and then to preach another gospel. It is evil in the sight of God. It's not another opinion. It is evil in the sight of God. Let me just make this application, and I think it will certainly help us in the months and the years ahead. If you're just growing up in this youth group now and you're a young couple in this church now and you're just starting to rear your children, don't you dishonor the heritage of the Emmanuel Baptist Church that has been handed to you. But he dishonored his heritage. What Rehoboam, I think, failed to understand that with the privilege of being King David's grandson and Solomon's son, it came a great responsibility. Another observation I make is in also in chapter 10. We find the summation of the chapter, and we'll refer to it again in just a moment, but in Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. Rehoboam created divisions among God's people. His actions led to wars. His actions created divisions. God's people, the kingdom is going to be divided. Well, isn't it amazing when we have opportunity 
we forsake our upbringing, we mistreat God's people, it always going to create divisions. Observation I see as well is he failed to provide or he failed to protect that which was sacred. In this chapter, chapter number 12, we find in verse 9, So Shishak, king of Egypt, came up against Jerusalem and took away the treasures of the house of the Lord and the treasures of the king's house. He took all, he carried away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Can you imagine what that must have been like for Rehoboam? To allow, to put forth actions that would bring him to a point where a pagan king would come and take all the sacrifice, all the work, all the sacred things in the house of God that his own dad had built. He failed to preserve and protect that which was sacred. Friend, let me remind all of us tonight, all of us, the preacher, everybody in here has a responsibility to preserve and protect that which is sacred. This book I preach from is the very words of God. It does not contain an error. There is no fault in it. If your opinion, my opinion, is contradictory to this book, our opinion is wrong. God has preserved this book for generations. God has preserved this book. This is the word of God. It's not up to, for debate with me. Sometimes others want to debate with me. I won't debate. Why? You can't defend your position? Oh, I can defend my position. I just don't want my IQ to drop in the next 15 minutes that we have this discussion. Because this is the word of God. This is, by faith, I have accepted that this is God's perfect book. If it's not, we don't have a salvation. We don't have a savior. It is not up for discussion with me. It is not up for debate. It's not something that I'm willing to negotiate with. I have a responsibility to preserve and protect it. And it is a, it is a dishonor uh, to, to my upbringing. It is a dishonor to the heritage I have. It is a dishonor to everything that's been handed to me to sit back and let the wolves of this world steal that which is sacred. But you have the same responsibility. Well, I, I'm glad I got a preacher. Please, King James Bible is the word of God. And yet you'll get offended and take them to a church that doesn't. You've got to preserve it as well. But he failed to preserve and protect the sacred things. I could go on and on with that list of sacred things. But this is the evil. This is his legacy. Rehoboam's legacy, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. We find his legacy, which he never intended to have, which he did not have to have. Before I get to the meat of the message and the conclusion of tonight's message, let me just issue a caution once again. We can end up with a legacy that we never intended. A legacy of shame. Because decisions we make now affect that. If we could just use logic, if we're in the, in the same place today, and we begin to separate just a little bit, 
At the beginning, we're still fairly close. But the further you go down those trails, the distance gets further and further apart. We have a responsibility to realize that we have the truth that's been handed to us. We have seen the the work of God. We have seen God work in a mighty way. We've witnessed. Do you realize what you witnessed today? In in an instant, in a moment, in in the bowing of a head, and and the heart believing in heaven, uh, there there was one who got a pen out, and a new name was written down in glory. And we were witness to it on this side of eternity. We couldn't hear it, but then another one bowed their head and and trusted Christ in that heavenly pen, put their name down again, and another name was written down in glory. And we couldn't hear it, but all of heaven erupted into singing and rejoicing because there was one on their way to hell, and now that heavenly construction crew with the foreman, Jesus Christ himself, said, Start building, fellas. There's two more mansions that need to be built up here, and we got to be a witness to that. That's a legacy that not everybody gets to see. I can take you to churches that might as well be graveyards. You talk about him, you talk about what God used to do there. I could take you to some that are boarded up. I could take you to some where the sections are roped off as they begin to bring it down. And that we could go through a list of things that have happened to get them to that point, but what is it? They never intended. Well, our legacy is going to be of what God did. Our legacy is going to be of, of those that we, we witnessed come down the aisles and the throngs for salvation and the baptism services that went and went. Our legacy is going to be the buses that ran all over a city and, 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 and boys and girls got saved. While that can never go away, and it is an eternal thing that has been done, there is a generation that comes on a real bone that says, I'm not going to guard. The legacy was changed from one thing on their watch, it was changed to another. God says he did evil. He did evil because how did one who had everything get to a place where he did evil? God said, your legacy for all time will be, and he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. All could have been avoided if he had just prepared his heart. What, 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 do you, what does that mean, Pastor? All could have been avoided if he hadn't have been a spectator. All could have been avoided if he'd realized what had been given to him. See, what revealed his lack of heart preparation? The Bible declares, God declares, the reason he did evil was because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. You think of his father, Solomon, who even though he got off track and and he did some things that were very grievous to the heart of God, when he got the throne from his father, he went to his father and said, and he he, he respected the wishes of his father. He respected the sacrifice that his father had made. And then he went to God and he said, God, there's no way I can do this. 
There's no way that I can lead this. There's no way that I can fill this role. I've got to have wisdom. And God said, I'll give it to you. He sought God. The Bible declares to us that he didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. I don't know the way your mind thinks, but my mind thinks this way. I accept that as fact. So I don't need to research it any further to discover whether or not it's fact. But I do ask the question, why? Why didn't he prepare his heart? Because if I can figure out why, I can help me and possibly help you. God declares to us he did evil. This is his legacy. Because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. Okay, that's a fact. He didn't prepare his heart to seek the Lord. So why didn't he? Where did he get on the wrong track? Where did he go astray? What event took place in his life to the one that inherited the legacy of King David being my grandfather Solomon, the wisest, the wealthiest in, 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 that, that's ever lived, and now this great uh, uh, temple that, that has been built uh, for the Lord. Where is it? Where did he go wrong? Very simple. Where Rehoboam went wrong was in his council. Couldn't take away who his grandfather was. You couldn't take away who his father was. But where Satan got him, he took advantage of the fact his heart was not where his heart should be, is in his counsel. There's two evidences of this that I want to point out to you, and then we'll be done. First Chronicles 10, we find that the end of First Chronicles 9, Solomon dies. Rehoboam is going to take the throne. Sorry, Second Chronicles 10. In verse 6, and King Rehoboam took counsel with the old men that had stood before Solomon his father while he yet lived, saying, What counsel give ye me to return answer to this people? The same advisors that his father had. He sought them for counsel. Verse 7, they spake unto him, saying, If thou be kind to this people and please them and speak good words to them, they will be thy servants forever. That sounds like pretty good advice. Sounds like pretty good advice. Verse 8, but he forsook the counsel which the old men gave him. And he took counsel with the young men that were brought up with him that stood before him. I know that I pastor in a different day today. I know that there are others who have pastored longer than I have, and every ministry is unique, and every time is unique. I don't know that it would be much different in this regard, but I would have to say that the top of the reasons for ruined lives forsaking the wise counsel and heeding the unwise counsel. Solomon was pretty wise, wasn't he? Doesn't the Bible tell us of his wisdom? 
None had the wisdom and understanding like Solomon. That's a pretty broad statement. And look in verse number, uh, verse number uh, 6 that we read. The men who advise the wisest man to ever live are now giving him advice. They'd have to have some sense about them, would they not? For the wisest man to ever live to heed their counsel? They'd have to be wise. And he, took, he got their counsel and he forsook it for unwise counsel. Kind of like somebody who grows up in a Christian home. And instead of listening to their godly mom and dad, they'll get the counsel of this world. It's kind of like a young adult. Instead of heeding the counsel of their godly parents, or dare I say it, their pastor, and they get the counsel. From this world. So there's a principle I learned a long time ago. If I'm 19 years old and I'm asking other 19 year, year olds what I should do with my life, I'm probably going to get a 19 year old answer. I can't think of anything more foolish than that. You can take that 19-year-old, you can make it 21, 22, 23, 24, and the same principle applies. You might want to get some counsel for somebody who's lived a few days longer than you. Rehoboam didn't. I think I learned as a preacher. When I was a 25-year-old preacher, the last counsel I ever wanted to get was from another 25-year-old preacher. Wise counsel, rejecting it for unwise counsel. You say, Pastor, I don't see what the big deal is. And I want you to listen very, very carefully to me. There's too many Christians that are letting the, the styles of this world counsel them. The philosophy of this world counsel them. Uh, Hollywood counsel them. Uh, all of the different things of this world counsel them. And they shun. Oh, Mom and Dad, you just don't know. Oh, Pastor, he's just... Uh, you might want to listen to some wise counsel every once in a while. Somebody who's been down the road a little bit further than you who has your best interest in mind, say, well, this is all I've ever known. This is all I've ever had. There's got to be something. No, maybe you just inherited a good heritage. Maybe you inherited some opportunity. You didn't have to fight the battles for this King James Bible. You just had one handed to you. You didn't have to fight the battle to be a Baptist. You just were born into a Baptist home or one day your family drug you down the church and you, you got saved, you got baptized, and guess what? Now you're part of a Baptist church. You didn't have to fight the battles. You didn't have to be burned at the stake to be a Baptist. You just had it handed to you. But what do they know? Probably a little bit more than you. But you, but you can't convince them. I've had the conversation with them. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Unfortunately, it's in those times I don't like to be right. Because there were some, if God is not gracious, they do not reverse their course. When their life is done, it will be stated. It will not be a legacy. 
getting freedom from the tyranny of an independent Baptist church. God will etch next to their name, and they did evil. It will not be the legacy of an internet following. God will etch next to their name the only legacy he will ever recognize. And they did evil. Why? Because they forsook wise counsel. I see another counsel and we'll be done. First verse of chapter 12. And it came to pass when Rehoboam had established the kingdom and had strengthened himself, he forsook the law of the Lord and all Israel with him. This idea of the wrong counsel, he chose himself over the word of God. You cannot forsake the word of God without choosing your own counsel. What an opportunity Rehoboam inherited. There was nobody going to question his qualifications. His granddad, his granddad David, you, he, he, well, he didn't have to worry about solving the deficit because God has blessed in that regard. But counsel got him off, counsel revealed, he, he crossed the wrong counsel, and it showed that he had not sought the Lord. He sought the, the young men's counsel, the unwise counsel, over the wise counsel, and he sought his own counsel versus the law of the Lord. And he did evil because he prepared not his heart to seek the Lord. How do you prepare your heart? Through the word of God, seeking God. You know, very quickly, I'm wrapping it up very quick. Solomon didn't do everything. Solomon didn't stay faithful in so many ways. Solomon ended in ways that he, that he didn't start. But maybe I missed it. God didn't say he did evil. He failed. He fell. He sinned. He let his heart be turned. But yet the difference is in Rehoboam, God said he did evil. There's a difference. There's a big difference. All of us are prone to fail. Oh, down there at that church, I think, oh, no, no, no. The church is a place for imperfect people to find that there's a perfect Savior so that, that they can have one day live a perfect life in eternity with a, with a perfect body. Uh, no, that's the place where you can come and you can get back on your feet and you can, you can serve the Lord again. And this is always going to be a place that says no matter what you've done, where you've been, you've got a God who will take you back. Get up. You've got breath in your body. Serve. It's imperfect people. It's tragic. As a pastor, the days like today, oh, it's becoming and it's been the days like every Sunday at the Emmanuel Baptist Church. The heart is just full. 
But I'm always, I'm always cautious. Because it's heartbreaking for one to fall into sin. Solomon is a good example. But I want you to know you've got a pastor. And if you fall, I want the first hand that will be extended to you to get back up is me. But there's a difference. There's a difference in falling and doing evil against the work of God. You young people understand me. Young adults understand me. You have privilege that others do not have. You don't have a choice in fulfilling the responsibility God has placed on you. Don't do evil with your life. Well, nobody's perfect. I'm not talking about being perfect. Nobody's ever said, don't be perfect. You better be careful squandering what God's given you. What legacy? Well, he was a king. He was a king. Remember in our text when God mentions that so that we know? He was a king. He took the throne at 140. He was king for 17 years. That's his biography. Now, let me tell you his legacy. And he did evil. And he did evil. Friend, tonight, let's take this message. Let's take this truth. Let's take the warning about counsel. And if you're heading down a path you shouldn't be on, let's do an about face. Let's get back to God. Because if you're not seeking the heart of God, you are vulnerable for that wrong counsel. You are vulnerable. It's amazing. Those seeking God, seeking the counsel of God, they're in the word of God. You know, mom and dad, what do you think? Pastor, what do you, what do you think? This is what I've decided. What do, you, what do you think? Well, it sounds like scripture to me. Okay, that's what I'm going to go through. You know, those that don't, they, they are, they are going to survive. They're going to make it. They're going to fulfill what God has for their life. And then their legacy is going to be some things that God had for them, that purpose, as we talked about this morning in Sunday school. But those that are not seeking the word of God, they are, they, they, they are subject to be preyed upon. Well, now let's, let's stay and let's fulfill the legacy that God has for us. Hey, being a Christian, being a faithful child of God to the day you die is a pretty good legacy. There's going to be Christians who, who wonder, I spent my whole life supporting this church. I spent my whole life giving to missions. I spent my whole life buying into the program of their church. And, I, and sometimes I wonder if it was worth it. But, but I did it. I stayed faithful. Till the day I die, I'm going to stay faithful. But when you get to heaven, you'll be able to see a legacy of faithfulness. And you'll be able to see and be introduced to souls, eternal souls, who you've never met before. But it's because of your faithfulness, they received the gospel. That's the legacy I want. A legacy of evil. Oh, how tragic. How tragic. Let's, let's take advantage of the opportunity God has for us in the days ahead. Father, we pray that...